The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air. Yeah. And there's screams from everywhere. Yeah. I'm addicted to the truth. It's a dangerous Stop. love affair. Can't be scared when it goes down. Got a problem, tell me now. Only thing that's on my mind is who run this town tonight. Who's running this town tonight? It's me, Kirk Feltkeller, here on the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. Hey, I'm right now. I'm riding solo. Yeah, solo. I know Kwame's on the way, uh, enjoying the rain. And, uh, we have major, major thunderstorms here, or what I would like to call is a car wash. So that's what we have going on here. So we're uh, we're gonna have to uh, uh, just do the best that we can until Kwame is out on assignment. Traveling the roads of, of rain and toils, and it seems like uh, this might be the rapture right here. We're all in trouble. But speaking of challenges, there's still lots of challenges going on down at the uh, uh, new 2016 Rio Olympics, otherwise known as the Toilet Bowl. Not the Super Bowl, but the Toilet Bowl. There is continuing discussion about all the problems of the sewage and all the water issues but i think i think the us basketball team usa basketball has figured it out just as they had in the last couple olympics they went ahead and rented out a cruise ship they decided here's the best idea instead of staying in the olympic village which you know as we saw the pictures from andrew bogut in australia he was trying to put up a shower curtain so that he wouldn't flood out his uh, bedroom every day in the Olympic Village, which I give them a lot of kudos for actually staying down there. But uh, it's, it's crazy. It is absolutely crazy. So, Kwame, do I hear you on the line? You do. I couldn't hear you for some reason, but uh, I got you now. Awesome. There we go. So I was just mentioning that the 2016 Rio Olympics, otherwise known as the Toilet Bowl, continues to have challenges. We, we saw that when we saw Andrew Bogut hanging up the shower curtain in his uh, room there, staying at the Olympic Village. But USA Basketball, I think, has figured something out here. For the third Olympics, the USA Basketball team is on a yacht right there in the harbor. I think that's a great idea. But all their meals, everything, clearly everything's being taken care of. There's 148 rooms on this uh, cruise ship. So I think that... Oh, wow, that makes sense. That's a good time. It's a great trip. <laughs> exactly. So the Olympians who have their families and otherwise with them have everything all worked out because everything now centers around the cruise ship. So everything, everything's taken care of for them. You have the Olympics in Brazil, and you get to stay on the yacht for three weeks or a month. And it might That's be the only way to deal with it, though. So Yeah, well, they don't stop fishing. Well, yeah. Yeah, that that's true. The uh, but the toilet bowl continues. If if you had to go to the Olympics 
Would health concerns be paramount in your mind, and would you go as a result of them? Uh, I wouldn't go. Uh, yeah. Where everything I'm hearing and uh, and then the feedback about those getting there, I don't think I would make that trip. It'd be unfortunate too because I think you could have moved it, bring it back to the uh, that location at another time. Yeah. But everybody wants to have the Olympics because the Olympics bring in money to the to the, to the country. Yep. So everybody wants to have it, but I, I don't think I would go. If, like I said, the unfortunate part is you get to have all the top athletes in the world, in your country, and you get to market right. that in a certain way where it'd be beneficial for you down the road. Well, I now understand why Coach K had no worries at all about bringing his family. Because everything that they're doing is is centered around all the meals, water, everything that they have is, is all taken care of on this cruise ship. So they don't have to deal with the other living, even in a hotel, which, again, I hear a lot of the hotel rooms are, are challenged. Uh, for reporters and, and a lot of the other media, as well as family, friends, and those people traveling from all over the world to watch the Olympics. Yeah, but he probably, maybe if he's proven that, hey, if it's good enough for my family, it's good enough for everybody else to be here. Yeah, yeah, except not everybody else is staying on a cruise ship. So, you know, I just, I just, I, I, I now Coach K does not sound nearly as, uh, as authoritative on this is just fine. So, but oh well. Well, we always we always shoot our athletes uh, like the best thing in the world. Well, that's true, and but but these are the best in the world. I don't see the USA basketball team being at all challenged throughout this entire Olympics. We saw what they did; they destroyed everybody by forty or more in the preamble to everything. It just it cracks me up that that people are looking for ways are looking for ways. To, to make this a challenge for the USA basketball. But I just, I just don't see it. it. It won't be a challenge. We're talking about the best athletes in the world. And, and the reason why we have these athletes, because they used to be our college athletes, and yeah. now we bring – and we also talked about it on the show. It was, was it Christian Leitner, the first college guy? Yeah, that's there what, with all the pros? Right, that's what Carrying all had. their luggage? They always had one college guy as yeah. part of the team. In, in the first Duke. two, yeah, in the first two, I think, first two dreamed, quote-unquote, dream teams. Right. Yeah, they always had yeah. one college player. Yeah, that won't be a challenge. We, we, you talk about some of the best in the world and, <laughs> and, and reason why there's other leagues around the, around the world that want to start and, and be comparable to the NBA. You can't do it because guys won't leave here. Plus, you know, plus you know, the, Go ahead. You have half the world's population in China, yeah. yet the USA basketball team literally destroyed them destroyed them. There's no Yao Mings over there. Well, and, <laughs> no and even Yao if Mings. they had poor Yao, I mean... Where, where is Germany Lin playing? Is he playing somewhere? Oh, or, great question. I, I don't know that. Jeremy I Lin. That. I wonder if he went over to... If Demery were here, our statistician, he would look <laughs> that up. <laughs> Demery, yeah, he would be, he'd be on it right now. Yeah. Well, he would already be on his phone, but he would be looking that up. Yep, yeah, exactly. Find out no. if he's playing for anybody. But I think, I, I do think Jeremy Lin is Chinese. I don't think he's Korean. Now, I thought we were talking about China. Yeah, I think yeah. he's, I think he's Chinese. But, so but I don't know, the... I don't think he is, so, I don't think he's a Chinese citizen, though. I think he was born here. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. It's some, it's some, yeah, they do some weird stuff yeah. to be able to get on other Olympic teams that they can't make the USA's. Because a lot of teams, a lot of countries won't have enough athletes or top athletes. Yeah. Because you come here to get your uh, tutelage, you come here to get better, 
Why would you come to the United States and go to school, then go back home? How do the United States allow that to happen? Yeah. Well, you getting your education here, you 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 getting your athletic talents here, then you go home and make your country better. Yeah. That I don't have a problem with because it sound morally it sounds like <laughs> how you gonna tell them not to make their country better? Yeah. But you come in here and there's taxes being paid for you to go to school here. You come here and get all everything, and you yeah. go make your country better. Yeah. I'm going to have to, you know what, I'm going to have to dab into some more research to that. Yeah, it, Not it's, research to say it shouldn't happen, but why it's happening. Well, I think if you're going to come over here and get your education. you got to put some time in. You have to put some time in before you can go back. Like it's, ASU, it's, if you want to get a teacher's degree, you can go to school for free. If you got a yep. certain grade point average, you can go to school for free. But you have to, once you graduate, you have to teach here for three to five years. Right. So, from another country, yeah, you have to work here, and it has to be some legitimate work. But you, but we got to keep our eyes on you, right? Exactly. <laughs> you might no, be doing exactly. some sabotage. That's a great point. So, how impressive is it to have Michael Phelps going to another Olympics? And here's here's his statement: CBD. I didn't prepare for London, yet he won six medals. What's that saying to everybody else in the world? I, that's that's that was if I was in the Olympics, I'd be like, wow. But when you're the best, you're the best. You just so. Oh, yeah. And, and when you know it's your time, it is your time. Michael Phelps went out there, and we was looking for him to break every record. Every swim meet he got into, we was looking for him to win. Yeah. And it was the best when it was a close one. Right. Do you think that's going to happen in this Olympics? Is he going to win medals? Michael Phelps? Yeah. I thought he was just over there as a coach. As a, um, he's, mm. trying to, he's trying to swim. Oh, yeah. He's got four individual events and two relays. He he's is been, qualified. He's, he's qualified though. for. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's, he's been, been swimming. swimming right over here at yeah. ASU. Yep, yep. He's been here for the last four years training. Yeah, exactly. Because you know he went to a basketball game. He got on the, behind the curtain. You remember the bas- yeah. basketball game? Yeah. Oh, it was a football game. That's the basketball. No, game. No, it was a basketball game. He yeah. gets behind the curtain. Yeah. They do the curtain. Oh, it's the basketball game because they yeah. try to make you miss your free throws. Right. So yeah, okay. Yeah, he he opened up. He was just in his little speedo. It would. I be thought impressive. that was hilarious. Yeah. By the way, because like he was next to he was next to like oh, these these uh, frat guys, and all of them. Okay, let's be honest. They had at least a pony keg. <laughs> And and it was just hilarious. So all of them are showing this, and they're all in speedos in their little swim hat, ASU swim hats. And Michael Phelps is in the middle of it. And here's this this Adonisly built guy, and then these these the four fat shoulders. dudes. These four fat dudes. I like when guys come out of it. I'm not saying he was ever in the shell, but I like when guys do something different other than I mean, just something you wouldn't think you would see them doing. He he has really supported local athletics yeah. here since since moving here. Where is he from? Michael he's from uh, Baltimore. Oh, no wonder he's good. He's from that neck of the woods. Yeah. There's something in the water. Yeah, he's from back east. Something in the water. Michael Phelps. Yeah, well, now I want to see these uh, his events. Yeah, it's going to be. I thought he was going over there as a, as a you know, like in golf. You would send Tiger Woods not going to play, but you would send Tiger Woods over there. Why? Yeah. I don't know, but you would send him over there because he's worldwide, he's one of the best golfers they've ever seen. So now that you now that you know that he's actually participating. Yeah, I'm watching. And he's been he's actually still been setting world records. So I'm and and he is uh he's old. He's old. He's been doing this though since he's been sixteen. He's Olympic old? Yeah. 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 I mean so he's 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 this is his fourth Olympics. He's thirty two years old. He's still most contesting, decorated uh, by far the most decorated Olympian yeah. of all times. 
and he's going to build upon that record. You've got to believe he's going to medal in at least half the events, especially because he's in a couple U.S. relays. His two favorite ones, or his two best ones ever, is where he's going to make get the medals. But then, you know, is anyone ever going to catch him as far as medals are concerned? Never. Not even – well, gymnasts can't do it because they can't do it no, any more than uh, 12 years. But they have at, to be – there's no more – there's no Mary Lou Redden. Yeah, and, and you're just not saying that the com- – well, you know, maybe there will be. I, I don't know. I, it's, you have to win every event. Well, you have to medal in every event you get in. I mean, I think what we're really talking about here is the amazing dominance of Michael Phelps. Right. Who, you know, after the last Olympics, basically moved here but was hanging out, not really doing anything. And because he wasn't going to swim again, and he was getting all depressed and, and actually talked about killing himself. Yeah, that, that's, and then he got back into training and everything, and it changed his his life. So, where, where, um, that's crazy. Where, where, yeah, exactly. Where, where does that come from? Literally, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, where did it come from? Like, I can't take it anymore. I'm gonna kill myself because I, I I might want to dive into this a little bit on the next segment. But yeah, it's that, crazy that people can get to that point. Right, and that's the thing that I don't understand. Here's somebody who has the world in his hand. You know, because he was financially secure. He's he's got nothing to worry about in the rest could, of his that could life. Be it. But it's bad enough where he thinks he needs to kill himself. You got the world in your hand, and you feel like you can't control it. Yeah. Most athletes want to have some type of control over what they're doing. Most being ninety, high nineties percent. Yeah. You want to have some control of what you're doing, and when you got the world in your hands, and you do that, and then you don't know where to go from there because everybody who yeah. helped you put that world in your hands, they're looking at you like you're crazy. You're blowing it, and then yeah. they but they falling back. Right. Wow. Mm. Well, we'll take a quick break and we'll yeah. come back. We uh, should we have should have Lamar Sharp's Canton police officer uh, mm. on the show at some point today. Can't wait to hear from him. Kwamla Sports Talk. Kurt Felkeller. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. We're examining five methods for hunting this week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Taking an in-depth look at archery, crossbow, rifle, black powder, and pistol. We'll explore the specifics of each hunting discipline and what it truly means to be proficient and successful with them when in the woods. Joining us will be legendary outdoorsman David Blanton from Real Trees Monster Bucks and Wildman Greg Ritz of Huntmasters. It's presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, and World Fishing Network. Friday afternoons at 1 Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. When I start making love, I don't just make love, I be stroking. (laughs) 
just what I've been doing. I've been stroking. That's uh, stroking to the left. Oh, stroking to the west. I love best. Oh, stroking. Classic, classic. Welcome back, Kwame Lawson Sports Talk. 888-346-9144. Digging the drop-in music. Love it. Stroking. Well, you know what? Clarence Carter, you play I am that? digging it. Because it's Friday? Who's going to stroke on Friday? Well, everybody should, hey, on everybody Friday, should huh? be stroking on Friday. On Friday? What about Wednesday? Hump hey, Wednesday. you know, Wednesday. stroke on every day. That's my theory. <laughs> <laughs> we got a stroker who's fixing his garage. He's going to be stroking in there by himself. Uh, Dougie B. <laughs> Dougie, Dougie uh, the B. stroker room. Yeah, the, the stroker room. That's what it is. That's what you're going to call it, Dougie. Where you been, man? No. I tell you, a police officer coming, then you call in all of a sudden. I know, man. I miss you guys. I no, really no, miss coming up there, being in the studio, calling in back in the day, and so had a little time. So definitely had to had to uh, make some time and call and talk to you guys. Anytime we we talk sports, it's always going to be a good time. So and plus, man, I'm excited because football is finally back. Uh, man, seems like it's been so. You get okay. So you get you getting the man cave ready for football season. Oh, that and that's that's why the garage, man. That's got the big screen in there. Gonna have the speaker system set up. I've got the AC wow. unit got set up today. So I mean, that's gonna be my little oasis. But um, I mean, we got three other TVs in the house as well. So I mean, we'll we'll have different games on and Ohio State. Plus my schedule and, uh, changed. So now I've got I don't go into like Saturday night or Sunday night. So I've got all day Sunday. Try to hit some uh, Cardinal nice. games up this year. Still have my issue tickets. So I'll be calling you. And to be for a couple games to to come on out to, and you too, Kurt. I've got enough tickets. Let's hey, all hit up it, a game. Honestly, it's all right. I'm just a, a, I'm just a, a a second thought. It's cool, Dougie. You know, Dougie, no, be, no, no, never, I, know, sir, never. I think Doug, Doug actually uh, invited me to quite a few uh, ASU games last year. You didn't go? Yeah, it's ASU. Hey, that's well. Sadly, I Doug, I think we both have to agree with that. Being alums, <laughs> um, yeah. I uh, sadly, I agree with you. I don't. I don't think. I don't. Think Toddy Boy is doing the job he should, but yeah, he'll get a raise though. Then leave. That's what. Because somebody else got to pick up their raise. Please, I hope. I hope somebody does take it. Yeah, but it's gonna cause an issue. Yeah, if you get a if you get a coach a raise, I think Doug, you like this guy, right, Coach Todd? Who you like the coach over at Todd? Todd. Yeah, Todd Graham. Yeah. Yeah, you know it's um, he's you can't you can't look at ASU the last three four years. And come up and say Graham hasn't brought something to this team, and not only the the win and loss uh, for the last and last year, uh, I think expectations were a lot higher. And unfortunately, um, I mean, we lost quite a few games that people think we should have won, and yep. back and forth. And it, it, I mean, you know, just as well as I do, anytime the team's not doing good, you don't look at the head coach, or I mean, you're always looking at the head coach. You don't look at assistant coaches and other stuff. Um, I think some of the issues were with the offensive coordinator and Norvell last year with ASU. Mm-hmm. And I got my opinion. It could be wrong. It could be right. I don't know. But that's what I kind of saw with. And, and my thing as a as a coach, you've got to – you can't just say this is my game plan and you guys are going to follow it. Uh, any type of coach that's had any type of success has been able to mold their game plan more to their players then try to put a player into a game plan that just doesn't fit. See, I and wanted I really to root for Novell doing that last year, and I think that hurt him a little bit. But with Todd Graham and his staff and what he's done, just as recruiting, I mean, to, to talk with ASU and ASU football and say, 
hey, we actually have like three, four stars, maybe even five stars looking to come to this team and signing with this team. You know what? The five-star thing is... We haven't had that in a that's while. A joke. We're yeah, starting to get that in now. The five-star thing is, is good. It sounds good. It's media. And, and, and unless the... Um, Everybody who's involved with that team or that school, unless we talk, we talking ASU right now. But unless you invo- unless you know that, oh man, ASU got some five stars. Well, I could have paid if I wanted for my son to be a five star. Whoever whoever does the ranking, which is BS at a high level, if you ask me, because we've seen some two stars outball five star guys all it's day just, long. All oh day yeah, long. we've talked about that on the show before. That the rankings are only a certain amount, and and again, it's but you look at the Ohio States, you look at the Alabamas, and you look at those consistently top five, top ten team schools, mm-hmm. and the majority of their roster are four and five stars. They have a sprinkled two stars. But, but that's a school real, that can get those guys. Of two stars and three stars, the majority stay a two or three star. They don't really shine and become a five star. So the odds, they're kind of against the two and three stars if you get ranked. But you could be at a, at a no-name school and just not get seen and be a two or three star in reality, if you weren't gone to, say, a, a bigger high school, a well-known high school, you know, Bishop Gorman, something like that, maybe you would have got the four or five star. Bishop so Gorman got a bunch of in the system, and uh, you know, yeah, Bishop Gorman got a bunch of two stars. It. They got a bunch of two star people over there. They call it Bishop Gorman. A lot of guys come from different places. I've know I've known about seven guys that live somewhere don't 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 even live in Vegas, and they go to that school. Uh, but it's mm-hmm. it's where you're gonna get seen the most. So that's not. We, we could talk about that all day, but I do have a, a guest on the line. Lamar Shop, are you there? Yes, sir. It's Kwame. It's Kwame. All day long. Uh, yes, sir. Well, he's, he's a police officer, so he's... Uh, he doesn't know any better to say yeah. anything other than sir. <laughs> yeah, Lamar, definitely don't be calling him sir, because I'll have to deal with him on the golf course this no, weekend, no. and it will be, you will address me as sir, and I go, no, sir, yeah. I will not. Yeah, you heard a police officer. <laughs> Doug and B says it sometime, but I think it's just the officer thing. I think it's yeah. more respect thing. Um, no, I think it's, it's habit. <laughs> it's habit. It, it might be habit. <laughs> Lamar, you on you yeah, on with another guy. You on another guy, but I think he's a cricket officer. But you, on the other hand, is uh no Doug's a good guy. Doug's one of the good guys. He is. I've known him for a while. Okay. Um, but I, I'm I've been checking you out, Lamar, and over there, and you in Canton. I know you probably had a busy busy night last night uh, with everything going on with the Hall of Fame. Do you get to drive by there? Oh, yeah. or, or Do you are you watching? What, what is what's going on over there right now? That you involved uh, with? Well, I know last night they just had the. Uh, the they had the uh, the round the round was it the round table I forget because I I didn't get to see it because I was guarding uh, seven million dollars worth of rookie cards. Rookie oh. cards? You should have you should have got some of those. Oh, you're a good cop. Go ahead. I, you know you know I was sitting there thinking I was like man, well, who, if somebody <laughs> come in here to come get these cards, who gonna save me? <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> with all the good with, with all the good stuff you doing out there, and they put you in front of seven million dollars worth of rookie cards. That is crazy. Because you not that oh, you would yeah, not sure. that you would be tempted is that somebody might come get those and they threaten your life. Well, we talk about police officers all the time and, and and what the world sees. And I say all the cops that I know are good cops. Yeah. And then I think about this, yeah. and you let me know what you think about this. Because uh, Doug and I went back and forth on this too, and he he gave me some pretty good answers. I call every, the good cops that I do know. I wonder are they good cops because they see that nonsense going on and. I know in their heart, like I know you, Lamar. I know the. I wouldn't. I would lose my house betting that. Oh, they, those guys would never do anything like that. But but right. you, do you see those things? And then, 
Because what you're doing in the community, you you diverting that ignorance that we see on TV, and that could be also yep. uh, a snippet of what they show us. I don't know the foreground or the background. Well, we know the background, but I don't know the foreground and how stuff leads up to it, but right. how, did, how it become a situation where we got somebody else dead, regardless of who it is, but we got somebody else dead on the, on the streets. Right. Well, you know, I, I, I tell people, you know, I've, I've been doing interviews, and I say, you know, here's a, here's a deal. It's, with me, I've been doing, I, you know, I, I take care of kids and families out of my own pocket. And I have my own family. <laughs> I have my own family, you know, and I have I have kids. I got two daughters. One go to Bowling Green. One goes to Akron U. I have my own kids. So, you know, my money is tight, but there's still, I've been blessed enough where, you know, I go into, I work in the neighborhoods where there's, the poverty is, is very, very high, you know, and, and I've worn in my own pockets where I've went to, like, maybe a Save-A-Lot or Aldi's around here right. just to go get some, you know, some necessities because families don't have it. But the thing is, is nobody never seen, nobody seen that, and it's just kind of like I wasn't doing it for anybody to see it. it was I, just, I don't think it you was were. what moved my heart. But that's the strength of your character, Lamar, is that that's, that's where the character shines through is when nobody knows that you d- you're doing it. However... That's what bothers me about the media is that we don't cover those events. And, and I'm positive right. that there are police officers just like you doing this each and every day. I can't even imagine the stress because of, of the angst that we're creating because of the media coverage. I can't imagine the stress that, that you and Doug encounter every day. You know, I, how you don't know what's going to happen. I mean, you don't know if... If this person is going to pull a gun on you, or people are shooting mm-hmm. at you just because you're a cop, right? And they don't right. know what a great right. cop you are and what a great community member you are. Especially a man with with right. a family. You yeah. got both of you guys got families, and you got uh, I think all you got daughter, Doug has a son also, but mostly you have you got daughters. Um, to Kurt's point, I got on a police uniform, and people are, are somewhat revengeance. Because of what they see, and not what uh, mm-hmm. they've they've personally been through, or haven't sat down and talked to you. I know growing up, we used to talk to police officers like we were friends, yeah. and now we kind of right. now we kind of look at them like are they overseers, or do they have in bad intentions, or do we got to act a certain way? The problem I have with people, um, and it it is not well, I wouldn't say what people. When a police car get behind you, people tense up, and mm-hmm. I say, why you didn't. If you didn't do anything wrong, and I say this is just the pulse of uh, where we are now, you didn't do anything wrong. What would make you tense up if a police officer behind you? Well, chances are I'm speeding, but you know <laughs> that's so that's if that's I'm why I tense up. I'm a that's why I tense when up. When I'm off duty, pull up behind me. I still oh, wouldn't. Oh, that's I'm checking my speed. I'm looking at everything. I'm like, eh. yeah. Hey, Lamar, <laughs> let me ask you a question. Yeah. What what is it like going out each and every day? And do you have a sense that there's additional pressures on you as a police officer, you know, in your community because of everything that's been going on? What's what's happening at that level? Yeah, it's a it's a it's a double edged sword because right. I'm a police officer and I'm also a black male, you know. Yeah. And um, so you know, I'm not you know, I tell people all the time. I go out and I talk to kids and I tell them I'm like, I was called the Uncle Tom or a sellout because of the things that I was, you know, because I wore this uniform. Not, they had nothing to do with what I was doing, but, right. you know, but then that's kind of like, I, as I sat back and realized that, 
and before my even before my grandfather passed away, he said he was like, you know, he kind of he said, well, the people that are calling us, he said, where are their characters? What are they doing? And I'm like, he's like, are they, you know, are they drug dealers? Are they, you know, maybe guys out here that aren't taking care of their kids? And so, well, no, those the are the sellouts there? selling drugs to their yeah, family. So it was kind of like, okay, so then you know what? You're you're right. So I said, if I'm out here trying to better the community and you're trying to terrorize it, then obviously, then you, you know, you have it backwards. Yeah. Well, I see a lot of so things. Is it tougher now, though? I mean, is is what we're seeing in the media, I my personal belief is I believe it's creating more harm than good. I think it's creating a divisiveness between communities and police officers. Are you sensing that yourself in the field? Oh, yeah, yeah. And even with what I do in the community that I work in, you know, I, I get constant messages from other communities like, hey, what's wrong with our community? Because you can't come over here. And it's like, <laughs> well, how come your other counterparts are being like you? And I'm like, well, you know, here's the thing. is like, you know, I grew up in the same environment. Right. So I know what it's like. So I can't say that for, all, you know, for the rest of them because some of them, you know, some guys were born with silver spoons in their mouth, or some yeah. people had stuff where they had a good life, and they had everything, maybe not everything they wanted, but everything they needed, and I was kind of that kid that I didn't really have everything I needed and wanted when I grew up, but it made me learn to appreciate what I have now, so when I go back, it's not because I'm going back where I'm some rich guy from Bel Air coming into, you know, to this neighborhood and doing something. Right. I'm doing something because I, was, I grew up in that same environment. Let me ask you a question. Doug, you might better answer this also. Did you guys always want to be police officers? Because as a kid, you see the fire trucks go by and you say, I want to drive that fire truck. or I want, And we got fire mm-hmm. trucks and not police cars as kids. Did you always want to be police officers uh, growing up? Because, Lamar, you went to the University of Kansas. So, I don't know. You were yeah. like in Bel Air. That's kind of like Bel Air. But you were. Uh, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but when I, when I saw, I said, I didn't know Lamar was a police officer. Uh, yeah. So I was impressed. So I, you know, I looked at some stuff, and I see you doing back-to-school program. You got one coming up next week, in fact, August 13th. Yes. But you're doing back-to-school yes. programs. And, and before that, I see you doing a lot of, in the community, you're getting the kids together. So they, and what I see from that, well, it's kind of how we grew up. Like, we used to talk to the police officer as friends, but what I see in those kids around you is it's almost like, so you're not afraid of police officers. So you don't feel like we're a threat every time you see one. So I appreciate you doing right. that. But uh, both of you guys. Doug, you still on? Or is that you making all that noise? I'm, no, I'm still here. Did you guys always want to be police officers? I didn't. Because <laughs> where I grew up in Joy Park, up in Akron, Ohio, it was yeah. like uh, the experiences I had with police officers was, woo. Oh, they were bad. I knew it. I was Akron? a bad kid. Oh, man. So why did you decide to make that move, Lamar? I was working at a juvenile correction facility, and it was basically a holding facility for housing very bad kids and and kids that were shooting people, raping people, whatever you name it. That Mm. was their stop before they went to the juvenile prison. Right. Well, I was working there, and some of the police officers would bring the kids in, and they were like, hey, I don't know what you're doing to these kids. He said, but they respect you. He said, they talk highly of you. And I'm like, well, I said, one, I said, when they come in, I make them do Jayhawk reminders, and we, <laughs> I work them out. <laughs> we got it in. Awesome. So, and then I made, yeah, and I made, them, I made them be respectful of themselves. 
And that was, it was sad because I could cool. give them respect themselves in there, but then when they got back into their environment, they didn't. They lost that respect because they were they needed the peer pressure was taken right. over, so they became a victim of their environment again. And that's why I try to preach to kids, a lot of kids. So the cops said, "Hey, man, I don't know what you're doing, but you need to maybe think about being being a police officer." I was like, "Yeah, right." Man. <laughs> now, and it was so funny. It was so funny. The day I took my civil service test. I lost my license. You needed your license to check in. Oh, I was like, well, I guess that's a sign that I don't need to do this. Right. So I got off work. I said, you know what? I was driving by the DMV, and I said, you know what? Let me go get my license because I need it. And I got my license. I said, let me go take the test. Took the test, and I finished high, and that was 16 years ago. Wow. You've been wow. off for 16 years. I, didn't, I did awesome. not know that. Uh, Dougie B., what about you? Mm. Man, I didn't want to become a cop until about two months before I did the application. So, but I was working a desk job and, uh, I, I wanted that change. I didn't want the, the same routine over and over again. Um, and I always respected cops growing up and dealing with them. You know, I grew up out here in uh, Mesa, but it was just something I started thinking about. I said, you know, with my sports background, athletic background, I think this would be fun. I'm, you know, good with people and kind of that sales guy. So talking with people was no, no problem, anything like that, and started looking into it and applied, and only one agency and went through the process, hired me on, and you know, you and Lamar got something to call two two athletes. I think a lot of athletes become uh, police officers, or some. You played in high school at a high level, and you decided to become a police officer. And here's what I used to think about that, Kurt. I used to think police officers were guys who didn't uh, who didn't like the athletes. They became police officers because they didn't like the athletes at their high school or college. I should think that. But is that but, right? But, yeah, but the ones I know, they're not that guy. Right. <laughs> they're athletes anyway. Right. So oh, well, we have a few of those high school, you know, kids that got bullied and became a cop. Well, honestly, to get back at them. They're, they're, they're sprinkled out there. Don't. No. Don't, oh no. The, uh, okay. We've we've actually talked about that several times. Mm-hmm. My belief is, and and actually, I love the what the police chief in Dallas said because he was getting ridiculed by all these. These neighborhood people saying, you know, it's the it's the police officers and, and that stuff. And he said, listen, I got plenty of applications. You want open positions. You apply, mm-hmm. I'll put you right back in your neighborhood and you can fix it up. But I think that's what has to happen. I do believe mm-hmm. that there are a lot of power-hungry police officers out there. Not a lot. It's a, From a percentage standpoint, it's a small percentage. But just like in every other group, it's the overly robust minority that creates the challenges for for the you know ninety seven percent great cops out there. That three percent is so destructive from a standpoint of you know a wannabe, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna show you that's that's what unfortunately mm-hmm. I think dirties the water for everyone else. Oh yeah, that's yeah. A- I was not one of those kids. I grew up like I said. Akron, Ohio, home of LeBron James. I have to throw that out. I just had to say that real quick. But yeah, yeah, I don't know yeah, why. Yeah, you, know, you probably yeah. like Cleveland too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cleveland hustle. I get. Yeah. It. I'm gonna bring a, I'm gonna bring AI through there, and it's gonna be a wrap. <laughs> I say, remember one one show back. I challenged LeBron. I still haven't heard back from him, so I'm just gonna put that out there as well with you, Lamar. He so. challenged LeBron to a fight. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he was an I'll, idiot. I'll call, his people. <laughs> I'll call his people. Yeah, get his people in line. Make it happen, Lamar. Yeah, I will. <laughs> we I will. Rules up. We can make it a charity event. It'll be great. Doug gonna get killed. He's gonna get murdered. Yeah, that's gonna be a nine one. That's gonna be like one eighty seven right there. <laughs> Crazy, funny. <laughs> That'll be one eighty seven. 
Hey, I, I'll say this. I grew up in, in Joy Park where we had the Nine Kings. We had, I mean, they were just like an affiliation of the Bloods. And I, yeah. I, I had to fight a lot. You know, and we had, I'll never forget, we, the Sprags. That was the, the group, man. They, they were the kids that were, they were grown. They had beards, and we were still in grade school, and they would <laughs> jump you in this case. Is that and why you came like, to Kansas you know, I had Tough? I fight a lot. Is that why you came to Kansas uh, Tough? No, I, I listen, have I had my share of fights? Oh, I had a lot of fights. I said, did I lose a couple? Yeah, I lost a couple, but it wasn't that where I came, became a cop to, to, to you know, where Terrorize I the neighborhood. abused my badge or abused my power. Right. And I've seen some guys like that, and I'm sitting there looking at them, and I'm like, that's even why I became a, a FTO, a field training officer, because I try to tell these guys when they come in, I'm like, listen, you treat somebody with respect, you'll get respect back. Don't exactly. come in here with your chest swollen and thinking you're going you to move somebody because you got a badge on because that same guy who may not have nothing to lose is probably knock you clean out. Right. With no hesitation, though, he don't, he, what he care? Yep. That's why I, uh, Doug, you know what, that reminds me of a story back in the academy in our, our class, Sergeant. I uh, mentioned a story where he tried to instill with us, like what we're talking about, Lamar's, that respect you know we know who's on that end that we're we're arresting but you still treat them with respect and i'll tell people mm-hmm. hey as long as you don't treat me like an asshole and make me be an asshole i'm not going to be an asshole but you, you cross right. that line then you have no other choice but our class sergeant made a story that he was wrestling with some guy he was trying to take into custody and some other guy from x amount of time that he arrested saw the struggle going on recognized my sergeant went over there and helped him and his exact words were the only reason I helped you right now was the fact that you showed me respect when you arrested me and treat, treated me like a man. See, that's how and it's that's supposed huge. to be. Because, that's, that's day one. You never know mm-hmm. who you're going to see on the street when you start getting in a struggle. Right. So why, oh, yeah. are you going to bring that extra fight to you when you don't have mm-hmm. to? Mm-hmm. That is, that is, that's All awesome, right. man. Look, I tell you, I definitely uh, appreciate both you guys on. on, on. What was I, I was going to say something before I let y'all go. Because I don't um because I, I want y'all to come back on because I want to talk about all the good stuff that y'all do. Oh, Doug was taking me on a ride along. I haven't I haven't went yet. He's calling me scary. I just don't. If I can't if I can't bring my if I can't bring my gun, I'm not coming. Because I don't trust you. I don't trust you. I don't trust you with your gun. I don't trust you with your gun. I need to bring my. You might turn on me in front of your friends. So I don't know. <laughs> Oh man, we won't have to go to break. Lamar, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate everything you're doing out there. Just like I tell Doug, I give Doug a hard time, but Doug's actually a pretty good officer. Uh, he does the right things oh, out yeah. there. Um, but oh, I, yeah. I appreciate. Uh, listen, you, go ahead. Listen, if you ever come to Canton, Ohio, you come visit the Hall of Fame. Come, you give me a call. I, you come do a ride along with me. I'll take you around. Can That'd I have my gun? Awesome. I need, a, awesome. I need a police escort from the airport first of all. And Lamar, know. thank you too for all your service and. Uh, and uh, I, I have so much respect for people who will put themselves in harm's way for the betterment of the community, and that's the way everybody should look at police officers. And and again, mm-hmm. 97% of you have earned that right. And let me say, uh, uh, back to school lot party, Saturday, August 13, yes, 2016, sir. 11 a.m. Yes, to 4 p.m. You're doing big things at Market Square by the, uh, Arcadia Greer? All free. That's oh, awesome. Free ice I'm cream. I got an ice cream truck. Hey, hey, won't you get a, a um, dunk tank? Won't you get a um, foundation, Lamar? Or I do, do you have, have one. Oh, I apologize for knowing too much. 
Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's all right. That's all right. It's called Be a Better Me Foundation. Be a Better Me. Okay, I'm going to look that up and see if I can be a part of that in some way and make sure, you know, if I got it, you got it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Lamar, I'm going to give you a call it. when I get out there because uh, I don't know if Kwame told you, but my wife is from Perry. So at least once a, once a year, if not twice, we're back out there in that area. Ah, okay. Well, you know, unfortunately, we had to share. I coached football at Glen Oak High School, so you know, we had to split the federal league title with them last year. Well, okay. Yeah, since, since y'all want to be buddies, I'll t- I'll let y'all do that off the air. I'm gonna take a quick break. Quite a lot of sports talk. Kurt Fairkeller, Dougie B on the line, Officer Lamar Sharp, Kent, Ohio, Hall here, of Fame. Here, man. We'll be right back. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bitch his ass and then move oh, on. I just, and get I just ready think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave. Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and Ray Austin are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the man cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Here in our final segment, we're going to go NFL. We're going to go all NFL all the time action. So um, I'm excited about that. And Kwame, of course, uh, great guest Lamar. I I have all sorts of props for he and Dougie of uh, being police officers and doing what they do. Uh, I, you know what? You can't beat a good officer. No. You can't beat a good. The problem is, is they're going to get all the bad rap that everybody else is getting because it's some stuff that they're not doing uh, or that they're doing the right things. Then you see this nonsense out here. And, and again, we don't know what kind of snippets they're throwing out there to get the to get an uproar or a rage going. Oh. But the guys I know, the police officers I know, 
I've got I've gotten pulled over too many times in Arizona, but I've never gotten a ticket. Yeah, well, yeah. it's it's a shame for sure. But uh, hey, let's let's talk oh. a little NFL. Who's let's on? Dougie B's on the line. Lamar's gone, right? I think he got off. I'm still on. Yeah. Okay. So Patrick hey, Peterson. Oh, you guys going to Cardinals camp tomorrow? Hey, Cardinals camp. <laughs> Uh, no. No. <laughs> I'm not. Patrick Peterson what? No. So Patrick Peterson and Josh Norman have continued their little Twitter war. Uh-huh. So is this a good thing or a bad thing? It's a good thing. Last time Patrick Peter got into the Twitter war, it was with Richard Sherman. And mm-hmm. Patrick Peter ended up being the top corner that year in the league. And not to take anything from Richard Sherman, but the part of uh, is it a good thing or a bad thing, I say it's good because it makes you focus. Something that I talked about this a little bit yesterday. If you're going to talk, you have to back it up. But you're going to put all that work in to make sure you can back it up, which means the work ethic just went to another level. If you're going to talk about it, you got to be able to walk about it. Yeah. No. That's, so that's, Josh Norman's not – he's not you – know, you went from a different team. You went from the Carolina Panthers to the Washington Redskins. Washington Redskins has, has upgraded their defense, but it's not the Carolina Panthers. You don't have a Luke Keekley over there. You no. don't have a man who's holding down that middle who can cover and stop the run. Sideline to sideline type players who makes your job better by the pressure he's put on and by the adjustments he's made during the games. Patrick Peter has all those things. Yeah. <clears throat> I still don't know what Daryl Washington is, though, but Patrick Peterson has all those Darryl things. Daryl Washington's done with football. He should be done with football. Yeah, he, he had too many chances. Exactly. You can't no, stay he's, off the he's stuff. Not, nobody's bringing him back. I wouldn't. Just like when Bree Hardy back. But yeah. I digress. Now, <laughs> I think the talking about it, the talking, going back and forth, I am a better corner. I am the best corner. If I'm, the, if I'm a talker and I know I'm the best corner in the league, I'm going to talk about it. That's if I'm a talker, but I have to back it up too. I, so where is Tyron Matthew in this whole equation? He just signed a big, big contract. Good for him. Tyron is well, as the, as the top corner. See, I don't, he's a rover. Right, and, and it's yeah, funny. Yeah, he's more of that safety type guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. Woodson, Woodson said that he is the best defensive back all skills included, in the league. What's, At 5'9 and 185 pounds. He's not at 185. That's what they've got him listed yeah, at. Yeah, but you've seen him. You've seen him. He's probably what? 200. No, he's talking about Tyron Matthew. Yeah. I know. I'm saying he's probably closer to 200. Tyron Matthew, put him on a scale. He's 178 pounds. Uh, and I'm, and no, I'm I, giving I him. I think he's a little bit beefier. And I'm giving him that because of the workout he put in. You know, the muscle weigh more than fat. Right. The muscles he had to put in. But he's a lean guy. He's a tiny little What girl. makes him great, and you can make comments like that, because his football knowledge. His, right. his instinctive ability to make plays at every position and know that position. Not say, the coach got me down here playing uh, outside linebacker, right. rover type uh, guy, and I got to cover. And I, the guy has, he has sacks in his career and his short career that most people don't get all their lives. Oh, absolutely. Entire career. And he plays that slot receiver probably better than anybody in the NFL. Is where I like him. Yeah. He could play safety because he's a great roamer. And I mentioned how instinctive he is. Yep. But we had a, we had a corner here. I don't know if you guys remember him um, or could remember him because I'm trying to think of it. But he went from, I think he come from Florida State. And he ended up going to the New York Giants when he left here. Oh, Antrell Rowe. Antrell Rowe. He was a corner, but he was mm-hmm. a terrible corner. Yeah. When he became a great football player, they put him in the slot and they put a guy over him. Because as, from the corner position, all he did was look at the quarterback. If I got a guy in front of me and I'm covering him, the quarterback don't even matter. Right. I don't look at the quarterback. 
it, for the, I only look at the quarterback for the first three steps. If it's not coming out hot, my eyes are on my man. The ball is going to to the guy I'm covering. So if I get to him, I'm going to get there before the ball does, and I can make a play. Andrew Arroyo got in that slot. When he hit a safety over him, he never looked back. He had mm. the guy in his – and his one game hit about three interceptions. He had yeah. about – at the end of the season, he probably had like ten interceptions. Got that big contract, and then he ended mm-hmm. up going to the Giants. But Tyron Matthews is a guy who can play that position – as a corner, yeah. Well, you know that's where the ball is coming. That's the first read. I mean, it, what's most impressive to me about Tyron Matthew is that he is a such a solid tackler. He he doesn't put on major hits, but he tackles it every single time. He tackles. Demery say he hits harder than me. I, I thought he was serious too. I said, Demery, there's no way in the world he hits harder than me. I said he he's a good tackler. He's a great tackler, but he doesn't hit people. He tackles them, right? And you know, so he wraps up the legs, and he's not hitting anybody. And that's what's actually going to give him survivability in the NFL. Is that he's not going up to lay the the wood to you. He is going to go tackle you, though. Right. He's a very sure tackler. He is one of, uh, and I was listening to this earlier. Um, he was list- He's one of Bruce Arians' favorite guys ever in well, you wanna, football. You want to look at the impact that he brings and why he got picked? Look at the Cardinals last season when he went down. That defense suffered. True. And that was one man. Yep. Yeah, that, that is true. And uh, you, you wonder why such a uh, strong defense that they had, I think became, it wasn't the physical part of it. They suffered mentally. Mm-hmm. They suffered more, so I say, emotionally also. When your buddy goes down, when it's a guy you're rooting for, like if you're rooting for a guy who come from, for some, from a background that not fa- that's not favorable, and he straightens up and all you saw was the right things every mm-hmm. day, you rooting for that guy, so mm-hmm. when he get hurt, that, I'm, I'm drained now emotionally, yeah. emotionally and mentally. Like, why him? He just got everybody fired up. He 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 leads by example, He's ready to go, and and always ready to go. So who's better, Peterson or Matthew? If I gotta take, uh, I gotta take one of these guys in yep. my. I'm you gotta t- take somebody to build your your secondary off of. I'm taking uh, Patrick Peterson. Oh, that's like an apple and orange, man. You can't compare those two. I'm taking Patrick Peterson. That's what I'm saying. But, but I'm asking to compare it on a standpoint of the overall defensive backfield. Not who you that's got. That's what I'm saying. Oh. But who you, who you got, Doug? I have to choose one. I can't just take them both. <laughs> just got to choose one. If that was the option, I would have took both of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would have took both just, of them. Oh, man, that's hard. I, I want to go, go with the honey badger, but I think... I could if tell I you why I picked Patrick. Build the defense. I'm gonna go with Patrick because he's more of a true corner, and I know that's gonna be set. Where you know, mm. Honey Badger, he he's gonna be more that hybrid backer that's gonna send you the blitzes and all that stuff. But yeah, the leadership and everything, I've got to go with Patrick. I hear you. Hmm. Why'd you pick Peterson? I picked Peterson. He's a bigger, stronger corner. Um, he's instinctive also. And if I'm looking for a guy to do everything, see, both of these guys can return punts for me. They could be a Patrick. His first year um, goes to the Pro Bowl. His first year as a, a special teams guy, right. and elevated his confidence as to be a corner. Be one of the top corners is why we talk about him now as, as, at the position. I pick him because he's a stronger guy. He's bigger. He can cover the bigger receivers. Tyron can cover them, but if you got a let's say you had a Calvin Johnson out there, there's only so much you can do. Right. At at a Tyron probably being, five eight, yeah, being a foot yeah, shorter, yeah, to six yeah. six. There's only so much you can do. Yeah. You can have that aggressiveness. You can have that dog in you and that want to, that desire. 
but there's only so much you can do to a six seven six six guy. Yeah, and he's just physically overpowering. He got him by yeah. fifty pounds. Yeah, if, if Tyron was the strongest person on the planet, you five eight to a six six guy, six five guy. Yeah, you're gonna get pushed around. Well, so Adrian Peterson got fined six games worth for behavior detrimental to oh, the league. Let me get that back. Um, well, they took it to the courts and they lost. And they lost. And because of the section again that says that Goodell, in the collective bargaining agreement, Goodell can choose whatever penalty he feels is appropriate for the action, and he he alone is the one to decide that. They collectively bargained away that again, I, and this is a continually. I I wonder what they were playing paying attention to. In this collective bargaining agreement, I I don't. Was it really just the practices? Status cuts down on the practice. Status. They was paying attention to status. Um, what's the, the Maurice Smith? He comes in. I, I think it's more so a status thing. You have you the player NFLPA. You cannot fight Roger Goodell. You don't have the money or the manpower. Both of these guys are uh, lawyers by trade. Right. You don't have enough uh, top lawyers. Do you? Now, you can go get some of the top lawyers you know, but the top lawyers I get supersedes yours. Yeah. And I got the money over here in the NFL. So you gave them all that power just so you could think these guys is working for you, DeMarie Smith. Right. You can't be the judge, jury, and executioner. And in no case, I, I just, except as a parent. I just don't get it. I don't get what he was thinking. I mean, there is this has, I think, created more disparity between the Players Association and owners. It has not done anything to bring them closer together and working as a team and understanding that the more revenue that they generate, the more the players will be paid. And, and, and really making sure that that's an understanding. But, you know, there, again, another example, Patrick Peterson, six games. So a little over, just short of $3 million. But the, the, the rule or the... Yeah, the rule or the what was the punishment? Yeah, he could. It's he a can, fine. He, he can make it fit the crime. He's not going to be suspended. No, but his money is gone. But his money's gone. Ouch! I know that's a lot of money. So, Trent Richardson was cut yesterday. Surprise. Can you believe it? Oh man, that's too bad. Yeah, I could believe it. Yes, I mean, <laughs> are we finally done seeing him in uniform? Are we finally done putting these uh, Alabama running backs on a pedestal? You, you the best in college because. Uh, you plan to get some college guys. You got the best team. Doug yeah. mentioned this. They, you might have all four or five, eight guys, but it's not even that. If, if Nick Sabian had two A and three A guys, he would make them play like four and five A guys. <laughs> that's that's compliment to Alabama and Nick Sabian. Trent Doug, Richardson cut. That's a damn shame. Oh, Dougie, what do you think? I'm just a, I'm a loss of words, man. I mean, he was a third overall pick cut again and then he was t- saying something about how like friends and family spent a bunch of his money spent like 1.6 million of his NFL salary in 10 months well, that's how, how do you even let that happen yeah that's exactly I mean, and that, that does happen but you know what they didn't spend it you say it here here it, it is exactly. I'm going to buy everybody everything I said I promised you I was going to buy you and then when it came to fruition, you had to do it. You did it. He held his word. But 1.6 to what he could have made, all you do is play ball. You can't worry about money once you got money. You got to go do your job now. Yeah. Yep. They're good. For, you know what? Go to, uh, they got a lead in uh, Canada. Go play. <laughs> exactly. Hey, the Cowboys are, uh, are once again in the market for a quarterback. 
But they do have a 37-year-old leading them right now. So, you know, but they did lose their, their second-team quarterback, and now they're in the market for a backup. A broken leg. Where do the Cowboys stand now when you've got a quarterback that is very injury-prone? And he's 37. He's 37, and you don't really have a backup. You couldn't have got um, – because he signed with Atlanta as a backup, I was thinking Josh McCown that he would he would have been a good backup, but I don't know. I'm watching videos. I was thinking I was looking at something on the way here in this rain, the Arizona rain. I see Michael Vick working out. Michael Vick, go sit down. Go sit down. I don't even know if uh, you don't. I don't even know if you don't put on a Dallas uniform. Don't do it, Mike. Mm, I hope don't he do doesn't it. either. But I think he's their that's best the only option. One, yeah, that's the only one out there that would make sense that can bring some dynamics to that offense. He. He can, get you, he can get you by for three games, and I think he, I think Michael Vick is the consummate, perfect backup for right now. He's a big change of pace. They won't know what to do with him. When new teams play Dallas, if, right. if Romo goes down, now you got Michael Vick. How are you going to defend that? For how long? Yeah. For how long? Because uh, I'm running Only football with Ezekiel. Every, yeah, about yeah. four games at the most. Well, if, well, if he can – well, Keenum broke his ankle, so – he, you don't know, or not Keaton. Um, the uh, the quarterback. Uh, from Keller. Boise State. Yeah. yeah. So uh, he broke his, his ankle, but we'll talk about that more. We'll talk about, about more. Trying to trade for Josh McCown. It's Friday. Well, they, Josh McCown just signed with the Chiefs, so it, ain't, it won't be no that trade. Ain't that ain't happening. Uh, Andy Reid needs his, need his yeah. backup. We got to get out of here. I appreciate you, Dougie B, calling in. I appreciate Lamar Shaw. As always, I appreciate Kirk Fairkiller holding it down before I got here in the rain. Kwame Sports Talk is Friday. Be safe. We out. Thanks for tuning in this week. Join us every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network.